Live. Laugh. We are joined by Sean Cruz here today. We're excited to talk with him. How are you doing today, Sean? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I hope you guys are. Yeah, doing great. Absolutely, man. We appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. We're excited Absolutely. to pick your brain on the world of wrestling. You're, you're traveling this weekend for wrestling. You've got the a tr- you said a tryout tomorrow for the NWA? Yes, sir. NWA, uh, control your narrative. Yeah, that's, that's going to be, man. You talk that's about such a cool opportunity, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really excited about it. So, well, we, we wish you the best with that. Thank you. Um, we know you'll do great. Uh, Victor Andrews is kind of how we met. He spoke very highly of you. So we're excited to kind of pick your brain about the world of wrestling, kind of understand where you started, like where your love of it comes from, and how that correlated into what you currently do in the wrestling Absolutely. Room. Now, I, I will say this now. Victor, Victor's traveled a lot more than I have. He's done a lot more things. <laughs> He's got a lot cooler stories. I don't have any stories about running into the Undertaker and catering. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that. that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. He <laughs> hustles, man. Yeah. He does, man. I love that dude to death. Funny, though, is, since you brought him up, so, like, I, I'm pretty sure he won't care. So, when me and Victor first met, we absolutely hated each other. Like, there was a deep-seated, I, I don't know if it was a jealousy or what it was, but mm. we, I mean, we literally would go back and forth on, in public on Facebook on comments and he would talk about like how he was going to break my jaw if he saw me in this. Oh, you know, wow. It was it was bad, and uh, it was it was all over some stupid mess that happened at a show where he was doing the, he was he had broken his uh, hand I believe it was so uh, pr- prior to this show, and so instead of being on the show he was doing like interviews with the guys after after they won, and we were part of this like you know horseman type hill group there. And so when he was interviewing us, like, he would keep taking the microphone away and he would say stuff to the crowd about who likes milk and cookies and stuff like that. And I didn't know this dude from Adam, so I just felt disrespected. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where it all started. And then we were at a – matter of fact, it was PWF in Huber um, back when Steve Carino used to still um, – Yeah. And uh, I literally – I walked into the, the building and he was there. His table was set up right beside mine. Oh, and I was like, here we go. And I literally just walked up to him and put my arms out to give him a hug. And I was like, look, dude, whatever's in the past is in the past. Like, to me, it's nothing but love. And we just, ever since then, man, we've just been like brothers. It's crazy. That's awesome. That's so great. Yeah. So that's, that's a funny story about how we met. But that's like, man, guys talk about heat all the time in the business. And, oh, I'll never forget this guy. I'm telling you, it's not that important. <laughs> whatever you whatever you think, whatever grudge you got with somebody. Or, yeah. It is not that important. And nine times out of ten, it's just miscommunication. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably very true for any any heat you might have with anyone in, in your real life, even outside of oh, wrestling, absolutely. communication. Yeah. Just talk about it. I guarantee you, you can absolutely. be better after. Yeah, and I'm one of those guys that, like, I don't I don't want to know what's, like, unsaid. So, like, because my mind will make up the worst-case scenario. Mm. Like, yeah, it's terrible. So, it's like, I would rather you give me the worst news ever and, like, tell me you absolutely despise me as a person then for me to have it un, un open, you know, open ended, like yeah, 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 you know I what I mean? completely. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's enough, man. <laughs> well, I think before we spoke, we were kind of talking about like the power of wrestling and how it brings people together, and that's yes. kind of a, a great example of it right there with you and Victor Andrews. Kind of Absolutely. wrestling may have caused the tension, but ultimately, it's what brought you back together. And it seems like you guys have a pretty strong bond, and being on the road oh, yeah. sure kind of grows that. But before that, you became a wrestler. Uh, what, what is your earliest memory of wrestling? All right. So um, as a kid, I watched wrestling, of course. Um, so I, I grew up in North Carolina, born and raised. Which is funny because not a not an NWA guy, not a Flair guy. I know it's crazy, right? Yeah. So we, we didn't have cable. So, but we had, you know, we could watch WWF. So it was Hogan and it was Warrior and those guys. Because um, I was born in 81. I'm, I'm a, a lot older than you think I am. I'll be 42 this year. <laughs> still crazy to me. I'm out here still chasing this dream at almost 42 years old. Trying to hang with these young kids. <laughs> so so anyways uh so now that i've given my age away so yeah hogan man obviously like hogan was the first guy everybody just gravitated towards like the, the size of the persona and there's this big you know muscled up tan guy and the brother stuff and it was great but i'm not gonna lie dude when i was a lawyer i was like i was not a, hogan, I was a lawyer guy um 
so yeah, that's kind of where it started. Um, and then about the time Taker came in, and I want to say he was doing the, the storyline with Warrior where he put him in the casket and all that, that's kind of where I got out of wrestling. Um, and okay. then I got, yeah, and then I got back into it around like the, the end of the 90s. Right, matter of fact, the first thing I ever saw in WCW was when Diamond Dallas Page was doing his um, interview about where he won the Battle Bowl and somebody stole his ring. That was literally the first thing yeah. I ever saw in WCW, right? And then shortly after that was the black and white staying in the NWO. So I came back in the mm. absolute perfect time. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. What a yeah. boom. <laughs> I think everybody has that lapse of fandom. I know that I did, like, where you kind of – I don't know what – like, for me, it was um, it was right around the time that the Benoit incident happened. So that kind of yeah. left a sour taste in my mouth. But um, what kind of made you step away and then what kind of brought you back? You know, honestly, I don't know. I guess um, well, video games. I'm not gonna lie. Like when I think mean, I was 10 years old, I got my very first Nintendo, and after that, yeah. it was over. Like I was just a video game guy. <laughs> and of, course, of course, you see my shirt. I'm a comic book guy too. Absolutely. Yeah. Huge, huge DC guy. I mean, I, I love, I love, I like Marvel, but nothing tops Batman for me. Oh, um, look yeah, at him. You're, you're the man. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah, there. You, you haven't seen my tattoo? I didn't see it that well. Here, not. It's actually like a lot of stuff. That. Yeah. Plus, plus, I don't know if you noticed, my gear is yellow and black. Oh, that's, that's great. Awesome. That's great. So, um, yeah, I think it's probably just a combination of comics and uh, and video games. Maybe it got me out of it. Okay, so what's your favorite video game ever? Oh, dude, you can't you, you can't ask. That's like trying to, to pick your best okay, so, favorite child or whatever. Okay, right? Um, you know, like a five you like, just five that you're like. Ever, yeah. God, I mean, you, you, Mario is the original. You can't go wrong with Mario. Any any yeah. of Mario games. Uh, three, I think three was probably my favorite though. Mario three, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember going. I remember going to Toys R Us when it first came out. There I go. There I go dating myself again. Toys R Us. <laughs> we had Toys R Us. Um, yeah, we had Toys R Us. I, all right, I think it's coming back though. So, yeah, uh, you're so, right. yeah, so Mario, Mega Man, I was a huge Mega Man guy. Love Mega Man. Yeah, Mega Man was awesome. Uh, Castlevania, I mean, you cannot like Castlevania. Oh, it's great. Yeah, that was great. Uh, newer stuff, I'll be honest, man. The first time I played the first Resident Evil on the original. But, yeah, so Resident Evil, and then I've had to pick one more. Uh, no Mercy, I guess. Uh, you know. Yeah. No Mercy, like, oh, my God. Oh, which has got me stoked for, uh, was it AW Unrivaled, I think is what it is, whatever they're calling it. Yeah. The engine's supposed to be similar to that, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. But yeah. yeah, it's the same guys from Ukes who um yeah, came up go. with that. So, so, so yeah. they're, they're working on, on that, which is super exciting. Um, and, and what also was probably super exciting is you deciding, um, I'm going to go from being a fan of this to I want to pursue this. Can you talk so, us through that moment yeah. and just what, what that looked like? So here's that story. Um, so... As a kid, even as a teenager, like in high school, like I was like 5'3", maybe 110 pounds when I was 17. I was always been a little guy. Uh, bullied, like from the time I was, a matter of fact, I actually dropped out of school when I was 17 because I was bullied so bad. Um, so the anti-bully stuff is huge for me. Um, I really didn't have a lot of friends. I was really shy, really introverted. You know, people always say stuff like wrestling saved my life. In a way, I guess it did. I mean, I wasn't like meant for like a hard life of drugs or crime or anything like some some guys. But it, it basically turned me into who I am. Like it took me out of my shell. Um, yeah. I, I really didn't have any aspirations. I mean, I didn't think this, you, you got to think this was before Mysterio and, and those guys, Malenko and guys like that. I hadn't. I, I mean, there was no way I could be a restaurant. So, uh, some buddies of mine um, that I had gone to high school with used to do like wrestling. They, they would, you know, film little wrestling videos in their house and stuff, and they pretend they were the Undertaker and Triple H and whatever. So, I started kind of doing stuff with them, and then me and a, me and a buddy of mine um, built a ring in my backyard, actually. So, yeah, I mean, oh, I, I know there's stigma on that, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a backyard guy. Um, yeah. But it wasn't oh. like the barbed wire, the crazy stuff, right? Um, so. We, we built something in my backyard. We had fun. We went out there. We'd have people come watch us wrestle. And there was a guy that came by one night that was a local promoter. Um, I use that word loosely because this guy was terrible. <laughs> um, so he's like, hey, you guys want to wrestle on our show? And I was like, yeah, sure. So me and one of my buddies did a, a match. My first match ever was at a um, middle school gymnasium in front of five people. And three of them were from our families. <laughs> so, yeah, we, so we were the draw for this guy that night 
Yeah. So we did a couple shows with him, and we were like, you know what? We can do this on our own. We didn't – I mean, it wasn't a, a respect thing. It was – we had no idea what we were doing. We weren't, we weren't trained. We didn't know about territories and moving into somebody else's territory and running shows. We knew nothing about it. Right. We just happened to find a guy who had a ring who had just retired because of injury, and he was like, if you guys don't mind setting it up and putting it back every day, you come out here and train or, or do your videos, fine. So we we had a lot of uh, lucky breaks, I guess you could say. So uh, I got my flyers done for free. Like We, we actually ran shows, me and my buddies. We were called uh, CCWF, Carolina Championship Wrestling Federation. We ran six shows one year, never lost money, uh, drew like 200 people, at least 200 people every show. No names, just us and a that's couple cool, of like, local uh, guys that we, had, that we had found. It's crazy, right? That's insane. But it but it just goes to prove like there's something that uh, the, the great George South, who I absolutely love, says about it doesn't matter if The Rock is in town at your show that night if people don't know about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Promotion's everything. Promoting I'm not talking about yeah. Facebook. And just doing, you got to get out, put flyers in hands. You got to, you got to hit the streets. You know, and still, even in the social media age. But that's, I'm getting off topic. So, anyways, mm. we we did, we, and I'm bad for that. I'm super. Oh, you're good. Good. Just, Give me back on if you have to. So we did like six shows, never lost money. It was great. Uh, one buddy moved to Marion in the mountains. The other one started going to UNCW for college, which left me kind of in charge of everything at 19. And I was like, yeah, I can't do this on my own. So we just kind of, you know, quit. Well, um, so right after that, we had um, me and me and my, one of my other friends that wrestled with us. We went to a local show in Burgall, North Carolina, and watched it. And we met a guy named Hangtime Tony James. Um, Hangtime. Yep, Hangtime. So we there talked. You go. To yeah, so we talked to Tony, and we're like, "Hey, we really want to get into the business." So uh, he would come out and he would train us on Sundays. He would come, you know, come down to Fayetteville and train us. And then his schedule got a little bit too overwhelmed. So he uh, brought us to a show one night in Fayetteville, and um, he wanted us to meet Tracy Gilbert, uh, who was wrestling at Trey G, as Trey G at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the Eminem gimmick and everything, blonde hair, white t-shirt. It was fantastic. So it was. So the match that night was him, was Tony, um, Trey G, and Caprice Coleman. Oh, in the that was, that, that, Caprice is one of my really good friends too, man. I love that guy. Um, he's killing it with the Ring of Honor stuff right now. Oh, yeah. And, and he can still go in the ring. Don't, oh, yeah, let him, yeah. don't, don't let that fool you. That man, when he, yeah, when we he saw says him he is that, the um, ageless, yeah, the ageless one, that man is the yeah. ageless for real. We saw him against JTG probably a couple months back. Dude. He was doing all the moves, talking crap in the ring. Oh, it was like, great. It was great. He's a class act guy. Great to watch. So good. And, and, and he's a great talent, but he's an even he's an even better person, which like to me, that. that just makes it even better. So, yeah. So, anyways, here it is just to Tracy. And Tracy, you know, kind of we were kind of buddying around and then tracy started deciding he wanted to run shows in the area that we had ran so he called me he didn't have to i mean this is respect if you ask me it's like hey yeah. man i'm gonna be running shows in your area i just wanted you to know and i was like i mean i didn't know anything about that so i kind of was probably like i don't care man do what you need to do like right so he started running shows uh acpw was his company um and at one time i'm not even gonna lie like right under cwf in north carolina we were the top federation for many years like probably i don't know eight or ten years like oh, we wow. had guys like the dawson brothers that i came oh, up with were there um kc mcknight which of course is dax harwood now when yep. he was on the indies he came up right there through there with us i mean uh one of the greatest wrestlers that he retired for his own you know reasons and he would have been fantastic charlie dreamer um if you don't know him go look him up uh fantastic guy um yeah so it was it was a great a time crew. man yeah, it was it was a great crew, and uh, we had a lot of fun. But but I, I gotta say, those times were great for me. But I just wish I would have taken things as seriously as I am now, yes. back then. So like yes. I was young, dude. I was young and immature. Like I'm not even gonna lie. Like when I was 19 and 20, like it was like being a rock star. You know, you yeah. had parties and girls and like all that. I was wrapped up in like everything but what I should have been wrapped up in was getting better at being a wrestler. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's what I try to I kind of try to tell some of these guys now that are coming up. It's like, look, this is what you really want to do. Like, it's not just a hobby for you. Get serious about it. You know, hit the gym, study tape, work on your promos, work on your character. Like, do everything you need to do now, so you won't be forty-two years old like me chasing this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's kind of just how it all started, man. And uh, that's awesome. 
wrestling is it's it's one of those things that like you can love it as much as you want, but it's never going to love you back. Um, when when you're gone, it's going to still be here. It's, yeah. it's that machine that just keeps moving. And there's a couple times I've stepped away from it twice for injuries, twice just for mental reasons, you know. Um, but it's it's always there to come back to, which is kind of crazy. Consistent. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah, it is 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 extremely consistent. It's like the tide, it's always gonna go in, it's always gonna go out. And even though it changes, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when I first got in, it was old school, called in the ring, that kind of stuff. And then when I came back, now it's spot, 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 spot. You know, it's not about <laughs> emotion so much as it is yeah. motion. Um, C. W. Anderson, by the way, I, I mean, I got to mention C. W. Anderson. Oh man, that dude! You talk about a mentor, and like C. W. is the best, and that's one thing he always tries to stress to us. Is emotion over motion? You know what I mean. Make make everything you do mean something, and make make the crowd feel it. Yeah, and, yeah. And Ricky Morton, Ricky Morton, you know, speaking to him, we got up here for the, the seminar. I think he just posted it on Twitter the other day. He had said something about they're not going to remember what you did or what you said, but they're yeah, gonna remember how this. you made them feel. Yeah. So that's that's incredible. But anyways, yeah. So. And yeah. I, I think it's really probably a testament to CW that this is the second straight interview we've had where just getting put over and, and he and he's the freaking man he is he is so underrated he is so smart about just not even just the business but life and man like i'm so uh thankful to be able to know him and call him a friend you know what i mean yeah yeah he he is fantastic um it's crazy he never got a run um like a a tv run outside of ECW, like it's he's just one of those guys that probably one of the better looking spine busters ever. Oh, absolutely, and, oh, don't, let, don't let Victor hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> and he throws a great super kick too, um, yes. which is very fun. Um, okay, so we kind of know how you got into it. Um, how so, what character you started with relative to where you are now? What are, what are some of those changes? Kind of just tell us about that. So, so first of all, once again, I was I was not like a lifelong like study wrestling guy. I'm not a wrestling historian. I'll be honest, I can't tell you about some of my own matches, much less what happened in Madison Square Garden in 1992 on December 5th. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I didn't really think about like the history of wrestling and, and the respect. So I just I, I'm gonna be honest. Like so, I was riding with my dad one day, and I was trying to come up with a character. Um, my name, my real name is Sean, but it's S-H-A-U-N. So I said, well, I want to be Sean because I know how some of my buddies are. They'll show up at a show, and, like, if my name is supposed to be, like, Jack Jones or whatever, they'll yell, Sean, and I'll turn around, and the crowd's going to be like, oh, I thought his name was Jack. You know, you know how that goes. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to get that confusion out of the way. And and we're Irish, so I do the S-C-A-N. Um, yeah. Spell it. And then Cruz, I'm, I'm like, I'm just a big Tom Cruise fan. I'm not a He's a fantastic actor. I love him to death. Um, oh, he's great. And then I got to thinking, I was riding my dad one day, and I looked over, and he had his van on cruise control, and I was like, that would be an awesome name for a finish. Right? Yeah, so that's all, great. Right. So we all just kind of put that together. And then um, I want to say it was about that time is when Saliva first came out, the rock band, and they had that song, Make Me a Superstar. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, there's going to be my interest music. That's perfect. So it became superstar Sean Cruz. Of course, me not thinking I was crapping all over Billy Graham. Uh, yeah. Trust me, I heard it once I started in the business from the older guys. As rightfully I should. But I, I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? I, and I right. think for me, a lot of just getting in the business, and this is nothing against Tony, Tracy, or anybody. But, you know, I didn't I didn't go to a wrestling school. I didn't get trained by George South or Tom Pritchard or uh, Ricky Morton. I mean, God, I wish I would have. Once again, nothing against anybody else. But the little things that I could have picked up that would have helped me along the way. Plus, let's just be honest. If you've got a name like that behind you, you come out of one of these guys' schools, promoters are going to be like, oh, okay, well, he's got to be good. I need to book him. Because yeah. when, you, when you're doing it yourself, I mean, Victor will tell you. You know, he started with Lady Lee and all that. Of course, Jay Lethal was there. But when he came to North Carolina, I mean, he didn't know anybody. And he had, he was, you know, he happened upon CW. And then that, you know, that relationship blossomed. Um, but, yeah, when, you, when you're not, that's what I tell guys. I'm like, 
I have people hit me up all the time. It's like, hey, man, I was wondering if you could train me to wrestle. I'm like, brother, I ain't training nobody. I, I don't. I, I know. You don't want me trying. No, no. I'll be the first to tell you. There's plenty of guys out here in North Carolina, especially, that have no business, no business training anybody. But yet they do. And, you know, that's and – and I feel bad for the guys who go through that training, but it's because that's what they can afford. You know what I mean? Because yeah. apparently the guys that are the real names that train charge too much money. But I'm like, that's the point. This, this is a business. There's a yeah. reason why you have to pay so much to get into it and learn the right way. It's because it's, you shouldn't – everybody shouldn't be letting this business. You know, I know a lot of people say wrestling's for everybody. I'm not one of them. I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't believe – there's a lot of jobs I don't believe is for everybody. The military, I don't believe is for everybody. Police force is not for everybody. I think there's certain people that are cut out for certain things. And, I mean, but now if you come in like I did and you're the little guy and you're getting thrown around and you're tough and you prove you belong here, absolutely, you got your spot. But just to show up and put your, your tights on the weekend, what I like to call a weekend warrior, I mean, it, it kind of it frustrates me because, like, I'm, I guess I'm almost 42. I work two jobs. I have a family. And yet I still find time to get to the gym and, and work out and look like a wrestler. Not just for looking like a wrestler, but I want guys that I'm in the ring with to understand that, okay, this guy can, can take care of me. You know, he can right. hold me up over his head for a body slam. He can do this. He can do that. I've been in the ring with some guys that it's like, I don't know if I trust you. You know what I'm saying? Because physically, I don't think you can pick me up. Right. And it, it is what it is. And I, I get it. I mean, character is everything. And there's guys, you know, people want to talk about Kevin Owens or, or this other guy that's not in the best shape or whatever. And I get that. And that's that's the exception to the rule. My right. whole point is, like, if you're going to be in a sport and you want to consider yourself an athlete, why would you, why would you not do what it takes to be an athlete? Yeah, to be, to be taken seriously, you know. Yeah, for sure. That's just my opinion. Dress for the job you want, put in the work. That too. Yeah. That kind of goes back to, like you said, with like having the gear and having the look and all that stuff. And so we kind of got a good look at like where you were at the start, but like where you are now. If somebody has never heard of Sean Cruz, what's your pitch? I'm Sean Cruz. What would you tell them? So so now the gimmick has flipped. It's literally back then when it was the superstar thing, I was this little smart mouth, good looking. I even had hair, if you can believe that. Um, this Ooh. little smart mouth, good looking <laughs> kid with hair. And I, I was 110 pounds and I was talking trash and I knew you couldn't touch me. And it was, oh, it was so, it was arrogant, arrogant, arrogant. Yeah. Now it's more, okay, I'm this 20 plus year vet. I've, I don't know what language I can use on this, but I've busted my AWS yeah, for 20 to. years. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I've came, yeah, I've came through uh, a throat injury, which gave me a blood clot. I've came through knee surgery, torn ACL and meniscus. Um, and I'm still seeing guys get opportunities that I feel like I deserve because they haven't paid their dues. They're not willing to set, set up a ring, take down a ring, even post flyers, uh, put promos up for shows. That's, that's kind of where the gimmick is. It's not it, The personal feelings are there a little bit, but everything, I think every good gimmick needs to have some personal in it for you to really yeah. get that passion out there. Um, but I don't I don't judge people. I mean, that's their journey or whatever. I'm on my journey. I know that I'm going to grind and I'm going to bust my butt to get where I'm, I'm trying to get and where I'm going to die trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but the yeah. gimmick is more that. Um, and it's not even just like new guys coming in. I mean, there's, there's vets. That is saying, oh, I'm in for 20 years. Yeah, but if you work one match a, a month for 20 years, you're still not a vet to me. So that you know, they can they can get it too. Not just the young guys, the, the guys who call themselves local vets, they can get it too. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The years I've been in with the majority, of, except maybe the three that I was out because I was injured, I've had at least 50 matches a year, every year, at least, and that's probably on the low side. But I still don't consider myself a vet. I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that goes around and, and pulls the vet card and is like, oh, yeah, I'm this and that. I mean, I'm not even going to lie. If I go to a show and it's – I know it's like a scramble match, so there's like four of us in there, that's not my forte. I'm a one-on-one I'm -on -one guy, tag guy. I mean, I'm, I'm old school. I'm work a hold. I yeah. tell a story. You know, I'm, I'm Dean Malenko. I'm William Regal. I'm Chris Benoit. That's me. 
So if I go to a show where I know that's what they want, and there's a guy there to say it's their champion or whatever, I'll trust him to put whatever together because I know he would do a better job than I would. That's what I mean by I don't always pull the vet card and say, well, I got the most years in, so we're going to do this. You know, I'm open to suggestion. Um, but I also know what makes sense psychology-wise and what doesn't. So, you know, it's, it's one of those give-and-take things. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's literally the gimmick now is I'm going to show you what a real professional wrestler is supposed to look like, supposed to act like, supposed to dress like. And that, that, that very much feels like that old adage of like great gimmicks, great characters. It's just you turned up to eleven, and um, and that sounds like if if you're very much of that mentality, like that's awesome. That's great, I, and I am, a hundred percent, am. I, I don't believe there's no substitute for hard work. I mean, my body right now is in the best shape it's ever been in, and I'm almost forty-two years old. It's because I finally did what I've been hearing for years get your diet right you got to get your diet right first and everything else falls into place mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of and i've had so many guys at shows ask me what i do or hit me up in the inbox and i and i tell everybody like i'm i'm trying to get this i don't hold knowledge i'm not one of those guys that's like oh i got this like ace in the whole secret no to me there's enough room for everybody to eat out here you know what yeah. i mean like if i can do anything to help you get better then it's going to make us better if we're better then the show's going to be better if the show's better the crowd's going to draw. The crowd draws, we make more money. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. I don't understand this whole whole knowledge thing. And another thing I don't understand is, like, promote, promotions that battle with each other. Like, you're not WCW and WWF. This is not the Monday Night War. Yeah, it's not a territory war. It's it just one territory. The rising tide raises all ships. <laughs> That's what they say? Yeah, Somewhere exactly. Yeah. And, and I always feel like competition breeds success. I mean, even, even WWF, back when they bought WCW and ECW, and they were literally the only game in town, except for maybe, I think, TNA at the time. Right. It, was not, it was not great to watch. Yeah. But they gave it to us because they knew they could give us whatever they wanted and we'd watch it. But now you've got, obviously, New Japan, uh, AEW, Impact, so you've got alternatives. So right. now everybody has to kind of set their game up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And especially with the reemergence of N- NWA. How oh, um, can I forget NWA? Duh. Yeah. When it, like, pop culture-wise, kind of rose back up, and whether that was Nick Aldis or the match with, with Cody at All In, like, but just around that time, it blew up again, and all of a sudden, it was this, it's it's another platform, and platforms are the biggest thing to give guys a spot to do something that's really special, because a lot of guys just need that spot. Who are to to you? Who are a few guys that maybe people don't know that we should be on that lookout for that you think are, are going to pop off big in the 2023, 2024? Man, that's a that's a good question. Um, I'll tell you what the the guy that Victor just worked, um, I think it's Mickey Midas is his name. Um, that dude could go like they they in Illinois they had a heck of a match. Um, and be honest, even the guy that I work down there, Paragon, um, he, he does like a like a Black Panther or Wakanda type gimmick. Okay. But like he, he is down to like when you go to lock up with him, he's pacing back and forth like a tiger in the ring. Oh, in that's the cage. Funny. Yeah, dude. Like he is. He calls he calls um, the ring his hunting grounds and that kind of stuff. Like he he knows his character. That's um, awesome. So I hope you get a chance to work with him again. He was awesome. Um, as far as locally. Man, um, I, my, I tell you what, my boy Jack Tatum, um, mm-hmm. I think he's out of Fayetteville now, actually. That kid's come a long way. Um, if he keeps grinding like he's been doing, you'll definitely hear good stuff from him. Uh, Christopher Prince is another one to look out for. Um, I believe he's based out of South Carolina. Um, he used to be Chris uh, Chris Phoenix, I think. But yeah. that, that dude, that kid, um, he is just killing it right now. Another really good dude, man. Like to me, it's 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 great to be a, a great talent, but if you're also a great human being outside the ring, yeah, then that's you know that's that's just a bonus. Those yeah. are the guys that I want to see, um, you know, get elevated this year and beyond. Is, is the guys that deserve it, not the guys just because they can do a 450 splash or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I guess that's that's a few of the guys I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, awesome. Then. Um, as far as your like role as a wrestler, when it comes to a match, what are usually the steps that you go to put together a match, or like what are some of the things that you look for when it comes to that? 
man, like I said, just just tell a story. Like, whatever you do. I mean, the, the dives are cool. All that's cool. As long as you put it in the right place. And, like, I'll see so many clips uh, that just guys will post or whatever on Facebook or Instagram where they do some crazy dive. And when they hit it, the crowd is just literally sitting there with their arms folded. They don't even right. react because they've seen it so many times. So yeah. if you don't if you don't put it in the right spot to get that emotional reaction, um, everything has to be earned. Yeah, it it does it does, and everybody it, it has to tell a story. I mean, and you've got to you've got to as a heel you've got to go out there and make those people care about that baby face. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's our job as a heel is to get him over. Because he's the one that draws the money. He's the one that draws the house. So the more money he makes, the better the better he does. The more people come to see him, the more eyes are going to be on us. And I think a lot of heels nowadays um, have to get their stuff in. They want to do their yeah. cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've got a couple little flashy things I do. Um, I do the uh, leapfrog into the Fame Master deal. And I do oh, awesome. a, you know, I, I've been doing it forever. I, I tried to stop doing it, but every time I work, everybody, somebody said, we're going to do that move tonight. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, we'll do it. <laughs> my, my wife hates it. I'll tell you right now, she hates it. She, she says it's not it's not strong looking or whatever. And I'm like, well, people like it, so whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I do a couple little flashy things, but, but nothing, nothing crazy, man. Like, you can get the same reaction by working a headlock and doing headlock takeovers and fighting to get out of it only to get put right back in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. chain wrestling, like, it's such a lost art. Like, I saw a post on Facebook the other day, and I I, I can't remember who done it, but it was something along the lines of um, every match doesn't have to start with chain wrestling, um, especially if you're not good at it. It was like, find ways to be creative. And it just hit me like, so what you're telling me is you don't want somebody to get better at the thing that's on the marquee, the actual wrestling part. You want us to avoid that just so we can be better at something else, but that's not how it works, man. It's it's it builds like you've got to you've got to show people even as a heel, you've got to show that you can somewhat wrestle. You've got to. Yeah. I mean, it's it's every match doesn't have to start with a boot to the gut. Every match doesn't have to start with attacking a guy in the corner. It's we can literally lock up. And I'll be honest, most of the guys I've seen, uh, and this is nothing. This is nothing personal. And I know probably every one of mine's not great. But if you don't have a strong lockup, I think you lose a lot of people. Yeah. Like, if that, that initial, like, boom, is not there, it's like, well, the rest of what you're doing is not going to matter. At least that's just my opinion. I think, honestly, if a lot more guys will work on that strong lockup, because it's supposed to be a competition, right? We're literally supposed to be in there trying to beat the other person. And a lot of times, we're not supposed to like each other. So why wouldn't you be as vicious as you can? Um, little pet peeves I got like when a guy's on the ground and you reach out and grab him by the hand to pick him up why why is the guy going to come like it's that kind of stuff just reach down there yeah, grab him obvious the cooperation grab him the yeah. yeah snatch him up throw him in a corner I mean to me that's a little stuff that's missing from wrestling these days and, yeah. I, and that's nothing against the, the Ring of Honor New Japan uh, AEW style Young Bucks and all that it's exciting to watch I mean yeah it pops me but it doesn't beat Steamboat Flair. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't beat Malenko Eddie Guerrero. It doesn't to me. Like that that's that's the stuff. And I was a big Shawn Michaels guy too. Sean's Sean's selling to me is still, I think, the best ever. Um yeah. yeah, but Sean could do it all. Sean could he could work, he could he could be a heel, he could be a baby, he could do the high flying stuff. He was innovative. Um he was Amazing in promos, like he's just one of those guys that had it all. Um, so yeah, I just, I just, I just, I just try to put together a match that's gonna. I don't, want, I don't care about popping the boys. First of all, I know a lot of guys do. I'm not that guy. Like, if you think my stuff's cool, great, I appreciate it. That's awesome. But if the fans are happy, first of all, and they want to come back, that's the main thing. And if the promoter's happy, you know, the, the guy, the way I look at it, it's like if you book me for a. You know what I mean? Regardless of how many years I've been in this, I'm going to go right up to you and I'm going to say, what do you want out of me in this match tonight? What can I do to exceed your expectations? That's good. And and that's it. And and I think if more guys had that mentality instead of, I'm going to get in here and do this and this and this, and then on that same token, I also feel like 
if the, the bookers or promoters, more so bookers, I guess, had more control over each match. Like, okay, if I bring you into my promotion, I understand this is your gimmick, but I want your gimmick to be portrayed this way. Like, I want you to be my Roddy Piper. I want you to be my whoever. You know what I mean? That's the kind of stuff because because it, it, it's no different in acting. If you go, if you're an actor and you go to a set, you have a director. So that director gives you direction. As, yeah. as a, a professional wrestler, independent professional wrestler, I want to go to a set, which is a show, and I want to be directed. I want you to say, this is what I want out of you, and I want to go out there and give that to you and then some. Yeah. And that's it. Like, I don't I don't want to be left in charge of, oh, I trust you and I trust this guy. You're going to put, a, put something good together. No. Like, tell me exactly what you want, because that's also how you don't have uh, the same finishes all the time or the same spots yeah. and matches all the time. I'm not gonna lie. So Illinois, we were watching the monitor in the back, and I always watch the other matches because you don't ever know who's gonna do your stuff. Literally, yeah. one match. It was it was one match in the intermission, and then my match with Paragon. So the dudes in the match before us hit one of my signature moves, which we had called in that match, which was Malenko guy, of course, the double underhook set out powerbomb. And as I'm watching this, and they hit it, I was like, well, we have to change that now. So we had about I don't know 10, 15 minutes to come up with another spot to feel that. And because we did that, the crowd didn't have to see another of the same move they just saw. And they, and they probably don't care, but the promoter cares. Matter of fact, this this actual booker made it a point during the meeting to say, hey, watch the matches. I don't want to see the same spots in the match. Yeah. So that's, um, that's what we did. There's a great um, Jim Cornette story um, where, where he was talking about when he was booking – ROH, how he, he, uh, and, and the Young Bucks have made fun of this since then. They used to put up signs about um, that he wanted super kicks and suicide dives to be saved for the main event. Then, like, so there was a sign backstage that, that said no super kicks and, and no dives. And, um, and, but, but that is such a real thing, especially on some of these hybrid shows that are just this spot style that, like, a near fall could be someone's finish. And then it's like that takes away their finish. So I I definitely do understand that mentality. That must be really frustrating, um, but also probably creatively liberating to a certain extent. Of now, now you're being creative about it. Now you got to find a way that's gonna gonna hit different somehow, or you're just gonna build it differently. Sure, absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's 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 kind of puts you on the spot, but I kind of work well under pressure. Yeah. So it actually works for me. Um, Another thing too, we're talking about putting matches together. I get it, man. Like the exciting matches, it's the whole call in the back and it's spot and spot and spot, and that's great. But, and I've even been guilty of it lately. Like I've got pulled into that. But if you go out there and just react to the crowd, you'll get such a better uh, reception than you will. Because if you put together a match that's got Canadian destroyers and stuff like that in it, I mean, the crowd might like it and they might be like, ooh, ah, because it's like fireworks, but that's it. You can take that match, put those same spots in it, but also go out there at the beginning and just work off the crowd. You know what I mean? Like, work rest holds. or not rest holds. I hate that word because nobody's resting. Work, work a submission <laughs> hold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, just literally, like, you got a guy in a chin lock. I see it so many times, and the crowd starts coming up with the guy. But because the next spot is supposed to be something else where the hill stays on top, they keep the hill on top. So then the crowd dies. Because, like, if you got the guy in the chin lock and, and the baby's coming up and the crowd's coming up, and they're like, yeah, 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 and you just don't listen to them and you kill the baby back down, they're going to not cheer next time. Yeah. Because they're thinking, well, I'm not doing anything to help. Why am I going to sit here and, and waste my hands? And, and guys just don't get that. I don't. It's frustrating, man. But it's not my place to tell everybody. I just have to go out and do what I do the best and try to leave yeah. an example. That's and one thing I always try is to that, do. Is that feeding off the crowd and, and, and kind of yeah. letting the crowd be the third man in the match of feeding and going and then just instead of being so focused on um, spots you want going to the next spot, then just you let it breathe. You, less is more. You, yes, let it breathe. I love that phrase. I tell guys that all the time, and they kind of just look at me because they've never heard it. <laughs> um, but seriously, it's it's crazy. But like we were talking about, you know, everything to me, everything goes back to Ricky Morton, greatest baby face of all time. Uh, watch Ricky's matches, the way he begs for the crowd, and he still does that. Dude, he still gets amazing reactions. Oh yeah, um, that's the stuff you don't see anymore. It's like 
nobody wants to be like looked at as they don't want to get that, that sympathy, that sympathy reaction. But that's where money is. That's where oh, yeah. you want to be beat down. I mean, you want to show fight, but there's got to be a point where it's like, look, guys, I can't do this without you. I've got to have you. And if you if you get them to that point where you can show them that I've fought and done everything I can by myself, but I need you. Oh, it's beautiful, man. Like, like, oh yeah. And, that, and honestly, me and probably a lot of other guys would agree. As a as a performer, that's what I chase. I chase that high every time I go out there to get that reaction, to get them in the palm of your hand. It's it's, man. When you when you have that kind of match and that kind of night, you can't. There's nothing that tops it. Nothing. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, I want to be cognizant of your time. Uh, oh, dude, I'm, I'm good, man. I mean, however long you guys want to talk, I think we got like what two more hours. We got like an hour left. Awesome. Well, I just I just have one more question, and it's kind of open ended. However, you want to take it. Is there like a, a story from the road, or like just like a, a fun moment that you had that you kind of like to share? Yeah, or... honestly, a lot of my stories I can't tell. <laughs> a, lot, a, a lot of them I'm I'm still trying to kill the heat about. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll say this, man, as a guy who's made it every. What's that? Oh, now now okay, so okay, so well, I can tell you that one. This one this one's yes, fresh. So we went last week to uh, Macomb, Illinois, a place called Destination uh, Six. Mm-hmm. Follow those guys. I'm telling you right now, they have got something special starting there. Um, they're going to be huge this year and beyond. I've already said it. I'm so excited about going back. So they're building, um, and I'll shoot you a picture if you want to, like if you want. Yeah, to for sure. Whatever. Where they where they do the shows at is actually an old cathedral. Like it's oh. a huge like church. So. Mm-hmm. We drove all through. We, we, yeah, we left that morning, and then Friday we drove all through the night. We got there about midnight, I think it was, or twelve thirty on Saturday morning. As soon as we pulled up, and it's like, I don't know, fifteen degrees outside, it's freezing. And Victor hates the cold. When I say hates <laughs> the cold, hates the cold. Um, so we pull up, we see the building, and I'm going because we're supposed to be staying there too. They said, yeah, we got a place to stay, and that was the address. So it's literally a, a church, but there's like uh, bedrooms upstairs and everything. Like it's crazy. So, you know, they were not, we didn't have to, you know, worry about finding a hotel or anything. They let us stay there. It was great. Uh, also, pretty cool, come to find out that, so the church is like 130 years old, and it was part of the Underground Railroad. Oh, so, wow. So, like, that was wild to hear that. Um, the hospitality was amazing. Like, we had, we had such a good time. But I will say this, it was cold. When I say cold, I mean cold. So, Upstairs, they had the two bedrooms, the two bedrooms, right? And one had a space heater, one didn't. And me being the nice friend that I am, and I knew Victor could stand cold weather, I was like, you can have the one with the space heater, right? Because lately, I just, cold doesn't bother me. Like, most of the time, unless it gets to, like, maybe 20 or 10 degrees, I don't even have a jacket on most of the time. So, you know, I got my little pull-out bed there, couch bed, and I bundled up with the blankets and all, and I'm standing there trying to sleep, and... It got really cold. It got so cold that, like, my feet were literally like blocks of ice. Like, I couldn't even, like, do my toes like this. And I, I thought I was going to get frostbite. <laughs> oh, not, not even to mention that. So, we first get there, right? So, I, once again, as a professional, I do the whole shave the body hair, like, the whole gimmick, right? So, I was going to shave when I got there. So, we get there, and she's like, yeah, the bathroom's right here around the corner. We go in there. And it's like, uh, there's nothing but cold water upstairs. Because they had just bought the place, and they're still trying to get everything fixed. Um, so I did my shaving with cold water, which was awesome. Um, yeah, this is this is the kind of, so you want to be a professional wrestler, kids? Yeah. It's like Foley talks about sleeping in your car and stuff like that. This is that kind of story. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I did that whole gimmick, and then I was, I was already cold. I tried to go to sleep. I thought I was going to get frostbite on my feet. Um, I might have got four hours of sleep that night, which I don't sleep much anyway. Um, woke up next morning, I was texting Vic. I was like, dude, it is freezing in here. He's like, why don't you come in here and get in where the heat is? And then <laughs> we decided we were going to go. We were going to go to uh, Planet Fitness and work out and shower and all that. But the lady told you she would have gave you electric. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so to cap the story off, so I told the uh, the promoter the next day, sweet, sweet lady, um, I told her about everything, and she said, well, I had electric blankets. All you had to do was come up here and ask. And I'm like, well, you tell me now, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was such a great time, man. And not even that, just like a little trip, especially you got a real – we'll say this. Once again, he hates cold weather, so he keeps his heat on, like, 80 in the car. 
So, like, uh, uh, if you ride with him, you better wear, like, swimming trunks and flip-flops. <laughs> I'll sweat you up. Yeah, I literally, I sent a picture to my wife, and his said, like, 80, and I think mine was on, like, 65, because it was the dual tip deal. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, the road, man, the road is, is yeah, the road is such a fun place, man. I mean, it could be it could be a dangerous place, obviously. Um, but while you're while you're running the roads, though, like pick up knowledge, man. When you're like one of the, one of the things that I I hate to this day, when I was in my career getting started, and the guys that I was around, the brains I could have picked. I'm talking Bobby Eaton, Dennis Condry, Larry Zabisco, Kamala. God, uh, Bill Eady, like these were the guys we had on our shows. Ricky Morton, Robert, George South, which thankfully, you know, I can still pick George's brain. Um, these were the guys that I had around me. And I honestly, most of them, I probably didn't know who they were. I didn't care. That's how that's how young and stupid and arrogant I was back then, especially Bobby Eaton, man. Knowing how great he was, um, Probably the most underrated wrestler in history. If not, he's up there. The the yes, stuff sure. I could have learned from the Buff Bagwell, Rick, Rick Steiner. I mean, the guys that I think about that we had on our shows. Stan Lane. Um, I could go on and on. Like it's crazy, and I'm just sitting here kicking myself. So I tell guys now, look, if you're on a show with these vets, man, like don't don't be disrespectful. Like don't mark out, which I hate that word too, because we're all marks. Let's be honest. Everybody who <laughs> follows this business or got in this business we are all marks of somebody or just wrestling itself so i absolutely hate that word i hate the fact that this is a business i know it's not as bad as it used to be but like if i was in a garage band and i found saw metallica and i went up to them and i told them man you are a huge inspiration of mine you're the reason i wanted to get wrestling or, or, or music in the first place they would not treat me the way some of these guys do if you do that with wrestling yeah or you ask to take a picture with you know what I mean? And I just I don't understand it. I never will. Um, maybe I just don't get it. I don't know. But me, anybody who ever asked me to take a picture, I don't care who it is, I always do. And always take the pictures, man, because I swear, you know, we just we just lost Jay Briscoe and stuff like that. I lost a good, good friend of mine, um, Shane Martin, uh, a few years back. And you just never know the last time you're going to see somebody. So always, always always take pictures <laughs> some, some good words definitely kind of like words slip by always stay in the moment live the moment absolutely. take those pictures absolutely and that's another thing too like you don't have to record everything that happens like literally just put your phone down for a minute that and the moment. absorb yeah. what's going on you know stop yeah. and smell the roses so to speak um, that's, that's, what, I, that's what I try to do because life goes yeah. by fast man I got a I got an 8 year old daughter now and I swear to you she was eight months old, like yesterday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's absolutely it's crazy, dude. It's All right, man. Awesome. Well, well, this has been so fun. So great. Um, can people find you? What kind of information do you want to share? Like anything that you want to let people know about? Yeah, this is your uh, platform. I mean, I got, yeah, sorry. I got a uh, Facebook, uh, Unfiltered Sean Cruz. It's, it's a like page. You can like that page. Follow me on there. Um, Instagrams, I think Unfiltered Sean Cruz as well. Twitter as at, um, at Man of No Filter. That's a, a Daredevil reference because I'm a comic book guy, you know, Man of No mm. Fear or whatever. And No Fear, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much where it is, man. And I'm looks like I'm all over the country lately. So you do no telling where you're going to see me, where I'm going to pop up at. Um, if you check my stuff out, I got I've got stuff on YouTube. You can do Sean Cruz wrestling on YouTube. Find some of my older matches, some of the newer stuff. Um, if you if you like what you see, man, reach out to promoters. Say hey, Sean Cruz guy, bring him in. Whatever, whatever. I always appreciate that. Of course, I'm always doing uh, my own uh, research find out you know what promotions are out there i'm not a big fan of the hey um i'm accepting bookings post i'm just i don't that's not me like it looks lazy to me i mean i and nothing personal oh my god don't want to get no heat against anybody who does it I, it's catchy it, it gets your eye i get it but then that's all you're doing you're not going to get as many bookings as you're reaching out to promoters it's no yeah, different right. than it's no different than a job it's no different than you're trying to get a job so you're sending resumes out to different companies Trying to get hired on me, so no different than that. 
It also helps set up a ring, tell the promoter, hey, listen, as a guy who's ran shows myself, I know how stressful it can be when you run a show, day of a show, if you're on the show, if you're not on the show, if you show up to help, what can I do to make your day or your job easier? I promise you they will appreciate it. Absolutely. It's awesome. We appreciate your time. It's been great talking to you. We'll have to have man, you back. Thank, thank you guys so much, man. I, I appreciate it as well. And um, hope you have a good day. I hope you or your good luck with tomorrow with your seminar. Um, thank you. Yeah. And, huge, like I said, a huge opportunity. Super yeah. excited, man, to learn from all those guys and just grow grow as not only just a performer, but a person as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's one thing I'll leave you with, like mental health. Mental health is so important. Like we, It was so cool at that uh, Destination 6 show last week. They literally did a mental health seminar before oh, the show. Crazy. Like it was literally just sitting around and just talking about your problems and about like, you know, what drives you as a person, what drives you as a performer, all these different things. Like letting people know you're not alone. Um, That's awesome. We really need more of that. It's like a summit, I guess, if you would. It was a, it was a, a meeting, it was a summit, and uh, it was it was so cool, man. It, it definitely had us all feeling much better much more positive mind uh mindset to start the show and i think everybody mm-hmm. performed better because of it to be honest yeah mental health is definitely important and something that people need to, to take seriously so i appreciate you sharing that yes, sir. I appreciate you being on the show if you guys see sean on a show near you make sure you check him out um, we'll post all of his um, socials and stuff in the bio of this episode so be sure to check him out and uh until next time hope you have a good day and good luck on your trout tomorrow have a good one man thank you guys have a good one. Drive safe. Bye.